Well, I tell you what, let's take our Bibles, and if you don't have it, just say it. It's fine. Say, this is my Bible. I believe it is God Almighty in written form. And today, it went in my heart, my mind, my emotions, and my body, conforming me to the image of Jesus, to the glory of the Father. Amen. You know what's exciting uh, is when you can look out in church and see so many lives being changed. You know what I'm saying? And Dwayne and I was talking. He came from a really difficult situation physically and going through some stuff his heart. And now you're just doing well, walking and doing all kind of stuff. You know, and so many of us here have a testimony to the glory of God. Each of us. And I just really want to man, encourage you to share that testimony. Amen? You know, I can't. It's about body ministry. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we're, we're all sharing our faith. And when that's happening, man, the devil doesn't know who to target. Amen? He's just out to lunch, man. He's like, hey, I'll go somewhere else. Amen. All right. This is obviously a resurrection message. But uh, I want to share, if you weren't here last week or didn't get the CD or watch it on YouTube, I really want to encourage you because it was really strong in the sense of the price that Jesus paid. Amen? In regards to, man, just the price that he paid. Glory to God. So I want to encourage you, just to, if you haven't uh, looked at it, look on YouTube, send it to somebody. Amen? And I'll tell you what, because it, it, it's all about entering in, like Jeff shared in such a good way, you know, what Jesus did for us. And glory to God, it was validated. Amen? On Resurrection Sunday. Go with me to Luke chapter 24, if you would. We're going to share on each on resurrection they from some different vantage points, all through the word of God, of course. Luke 24, I love this chapter in the Bible. We're going to read all of it and just share a few points in each chapter. <clears throat> Luke chapter 24. It says, now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came, talking about uh, the different women, uh, that came under the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed, thereby, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke unto you when he was yet in Galilee. So Jesus, of course, said, I'm going to die and rise. Glory to God. You know, we need to believe the word. Amen? We need to believe the word. What God has spoken, it will come to pass. Glory to God. And they remembered his words and returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Wow. Man alive, these these are the apostles, some of the greatest men that ever lived. Man, where were their heads at? You know what I'm saying? It's like Jesus was speaking about him having to die and rise. And now it seems like fables. Wow. But you know what? When you're in the flesh... And man, the enemy's coming against you. Your flesh takes over and you, man, you get your mind off of Jesus. That's where they were at. But glory to God. 
I tell you what was so good, Peter did something that was, that was just so good. He just, he, he took off, ran into the sepulcher, stooping down. He beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. How many you know when you're down and you're struggling with unbelief, God gives you provision? Amen? He doesn't condemn you. He gives you provision. Glory to God. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which is from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs. I'm not sure what that means. But they talked together of all of these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Wow. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, what manner of communication are these that you have one to another as you walk and are so sad? And the one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering, said unto him, Are thou the only one in Jerusalem that has not known the things which are come to pass in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. Beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and a certain, and certain woman also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even as the woman had said, but him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Wow, tell me that wasn't amazing, right, for these guys. And they drew nigh unto the village whither they went, and he pretended like he would go farther. Further. Now, now, why would Jesus pretend like he was going to go further? He wanted to see how much they wanted him to stay. Mm, Jesus. A lot of times, Jesus is saying, how much do you want me? When you're in a trial, he's saying, how much do you want me? Man, when he says, man, just give me a few more minutes to minister to you in prayer. And, you know, your decision determines destiny. How much do you want me? Wow. And they constrained him, saying, you got to stay. Mm. They constrained Jesus. They made him stay because they wanted him so much. Wow. They said, abide with us. For it is toward evening and the day is far spent. And he went into tarry with them. And it came to pass as he sat at meat with them, he took bread, blessed it, and broke and gave it to them. And their, this, of course, is like communion. And their eyes were opened and they realized it was him. And he vanished out of their sight. Wow. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? Man, there's a second reference to him opening the scriptures. Man, the scriptures are the key. Amen? The scriptures are the key. You shall know the truth, the scriptures, and the the word shall set you free. Mm. And they rose up the same hour, returned to Jerusalem, and found the eleven gathered together, and then that were with him, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, has appeared to Simon, and they told him what things were done in the way, and how he was known of them in the breaking of bread. 
And as they were speaking, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. Tell me that was an amazing moment. The resurrected Christ, bang, right in your midst. They're like, whoa, right? Wow. I mean, you can imagine. Man, these guys have been traumatized by what they've seen and the horrendous scorching and crucifixion of Jesus. Man, their hopes seem to be gone. And now here he is, right in their midst. Mm. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, why are you troubled and why do thoughts arise in your hearts? There's always going to be thoughts arise in your head that the enemy tries to use to minimize, amen, the Jesus that is coming to you. He said, behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself, handle me, see me, a spirit is not flesh and bones, as you see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy, and wondered, he said to them, have you anything to eat? And they gave him a piece of a broiled fish, and of a honeycomb. He took it and did eat before them. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spoke unto you while I was yet with you. See, he's always referring back to the word. When you're in a time of trial, God is always going to take you back to the word. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. These are the words which I spoke unto you while I was with you, and all things must be fulfilled. And were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Now this is the third time he does this. He opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Wow. And that's how we know Jesus first and foremost through his word. He will cause you supernaturally to understand the scriptures. You don't have to be some Bible theologian. You just have to be a child of God. He's the one that makes the word real to you, not man. Amen. And he said unto them, thus it is written, thus it is behold Christ to suffer to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. Then he said, behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, on the day of Pentecost. He was with them 40 days, showing himself alive. Then they waited 10 days, 40 plus 10s, 50 is where you get Penta, Pentecost, which was an Old Testament feast as well. And he led them out as far as to Bethany. He lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them, carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And were continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. Amen. Glory to Jesus. It's, it's all about Jesus. Amen. You know, that is, to me, is an amazing account of resurrection. Glory to God. Jesus had to qualify to be the lamb that would take away the sins of the world. What do I mean by that? If he would have committed one sin, his sacrifice would have been in vain. He had to be perfect. I just wrote down some simple qualifications that Jesus had to meet to be able to be the sacrifice that he became and then rose. Now, you know, it's just like, you know, 
if you're looking for a job, you, you, you know, might see something, then you maybe go online or whatever, and you look at the job description. How'd you, how would you like to fulfill this job description? All right? Messiah. All right? You want to be Messiah, right? Okay. One born of a virgin. I think you lost right there. Amen? All right? One born of a virgin. Second, you have to live a perfect life. All right? Two strikes, right? Amen? Fulfill over 150 Old Testament prophecies. Glory to God. And over 40 of these prophecies in the day that you die. Mm. Glory to God. Take over 40 lashes being whipped to the point that there's no skin on your back and they're lashing, literally scourging your sinews and not your skin. Jesus. You have to be crucified. Psalm 22. And not only that, you have to be able to carry and bear the sins and sicknesses of the whole world. Which is like more than carrying a zillion pounds. While actually becoming sin. He who knew no sin became sin. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. Then you have to raise up at least 12 guys. Probably 70. In their humanness. In their fleshliness. And their goofiness, just like us. So that when you leave, they're going to change the world. That might have been the toughest one. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And then, you have to, before you do all this, you have to heal the, all those who are sick. You have to cause the crippled to walk. Amen. The blind to see. The mute to hear. The mute to speak, the deaf to hear. You have to do all, and to raise the dead. Wow. But then you have to believe that after you die, that you will rise. <laughs> I want to tell you something. Muhammad does not qualify. Allah does not qualify. Christian does not qualify. Joseph Smith does not qualify. Christian does not qualify. There is only one that qualifies to be Messiah. Amen. We don't have a memorial about our God. We have an empty tomb because he's alive. Amen. Hallelujah. We do not have a memorial. Glory to God. We have an empty tomb. Glory to Jesus. Everything Jesus did came down to will he rise or not. Glory to God. And, and go, with us to, go with me to Psalm 16. Hallelujah. Jesus, mm, glory to God, had to believe that he would rise. He had to believe that the same Holy Spirit in you that gives you life, glory to God, would give him life even when he was in the grave. Psalm 16, it applies to the believer, but also Mm. applies to Jesus prophetically. Verse 8 says, I have set the, my Father always before me, the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. My heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also shall rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in hell, neither will thou suffer thy Holy One to see corruption. 
You will show me the path of life in thy presence in the fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Glory to God. You don't think Jesus knew these verses? Jesus had to live by the word just like you and I. He had to take the word, believe the word would come to pass in his life. See, if you, if you just stay in the grave and, you know, you're going to see corruption. Man, your, your flesh is going to decay even with the ointments on him that the woman were going to prepare, had prepared. He believed. He believed. He had to believe just like us. He believed that the Spirit of God that was on him, glory to God, when he died, would raise him. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. And that's vital because we live the same way. Okay? See, that's, that's why it's so critical. I'm going to share a number of verses, but, oh my gosh, they're so powerful. But see, if we get, this is how we live. We live by the scriptures. We live in need of resurrection power just like he was in need of resurrection power every day. And as we believe the scriptures, we rise daily. Okay? So we'll make that more apparent. But before we do that, go with me to Matthew 28. Because sometimes, and we're all guilty of this, I think, as Christians and preachers especially, perhaps. We certainly, man, the kingdom's come. We're to walk in victory in the easy yoke. At the same time, the world, the flesh, and the devil, we do have to contend with. In Matthew 28, and it's amazing, um, go with me to verse 16. This is a correlative passage to the Luke 24 that we just read. It says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of the eleven apostles doubted it was him. Now, when I first read this, I thought, what? He had just appeared to these men for 40 days. Over 40 days. Not every day, but over a 40 day span. He appeared to them as the resurrected Christ. And now he's getting ready to ascend and give them the, what we call the Great Commission. And they worship him. And right before he gives the Great Commission, I don't know who turned to who. I know God's merciful because he didn't, you know, put down the names. But a number of them then said, is that really Jesus? Who do you think it was? But you know what? We can, I'm sharing this because in our humanness, in our times of struggle, God is with us. He understands our need of grace and gives it. He really understands. I mean, it's not like you can go rob a bank tomorrow and just say, hey, Jesus understands. I'm not saying that. You know what I'm saying? What you'll have then is a jail ministry. Amen. But no, we don't want that. All right. But what happens is some of these guys are doubting. But you know, every one of them that were struggling with doubt gave their life for him. See, Jesus believed in them 
even in the midst of their struggle and doubt, right before he's going to ascend into heaven. Man, the devil probably said, you better stay here another year. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but he said no, because he believed in them. And then he gives them the great commission. Wow. Even in the midst of this. It says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing, immersing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always even unto the end of the world. Okay, wow. So we, I want you to encourage you. There are times where we will be challenged. There's times where you feel weak. There's times where you might mess up. Again, there, there's a balance to this. At the same time, man, the Bible says love believes all things. Amen? And God's love is amazing. Okay. All right, go with me, if you would, to uh, Ephesians chapter 2. And we're going to look at resurrection in the context of your everyday life. Okay? It's awesome to know that Jesus rose. But there's something that's so important so we can integrate his resurrection into everyday life. And that's what we want to look at now. Okay? Ephesians is, every scripture is amazing. Boy, but the book of Ephesians, man, there's just some amazing stuff in there regarding redemption. It says that you had the quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our life in times past and the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh, and we're and and end up our mind, and we're by nature children of evil, children of wrath, even as others. But God, say that with me. But God, but God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins. Now listen to this, because this is spiritually discerned. This sounds weird a little bit, but when we were Far from God, we weren't even born yet. The Bible says that Jesus let our sinfulness come on him. And he just not only died for our sins, but he died as who we were. Not that he sinned, but he took just like he did sin. He experienced the separation from the Father. Psalm 22, 1, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He experienced the weakness, the, the, the tremendous consequences of, of sin. So he, we died with him. We shared a lot of this last Sunday. You know, the whole thing with the analogy of the killer bees, that if there's enough killer bees to sting you, they will kill you. But they always die in the process. Jesus let the sting of our evil nature come upon his perfect nature. That's what killed him. It was not the Roman soldiers that killed him. It was not the Jews that killed him. Listen to me. It was you and I that killed him. It was your sin and my sin that brought death to him spiritually. Jesus. Mm, gets quiet when you start preaching truth. Amen. Glory to God. So we died with him. Our evil natures. Man, Romans 6. Man, our... Our sinful nature was done away with. 
Amazing. So when we accepted Christ, we get born again. Man, our spirit, the new man, the image of God is restored. So how do you sin? Well, you sin through your soul, your mind, your emotions, your personality, on and on. So we died with him. But then it says, man, he's now dead. He, and now his body's dead. But then he's quickened. Wow, Holy Ghost quickens him. And he's now alive. But here's the most amazing thing. The Bible says in the spirit that we were made alive as well. Glory to God. What's that mean? How's that possible? Well, remember like the plagues that, you know, with Pharaoh, the whole deal? You know, anybody watch the Ten Commandments, you know, type of deal? Yeah, some of that's scriptural. And, uh, but man, you know, when Moses caused one river, man, to turn into blood, all the rivers in Egypt turned into blood. All the ponds, every source of water turned red blood. So what happened when Jesus was quickened? Every person that ever lived, past, living then and future, glory to God in the spirit realm, they were quickened with Jesus. See, it's spiritually discerned. But glory to God, we weren't only quickened with him. The Bible says glory to God. That doesn't say glory to God. But the Bible says this. But God, who's rich in mercy for his love, his, we're dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ, and then raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show forth his grace and power to us. So what happens is this. Right now, at the right hand of God, Jesus is all God. He's omnipotent omnipresent, omniscient. He's all God. But he's all man. See, there's a difference between an intercessor and a mediator. 1 Timothy 2.5 said that there's one mediator between God and man, and that's the man, Christ Jesus. He's the second Adam. First Adam didn't do too well. We were in him. So here's the deal. Let's just say you have a need. Man, maybe you have a migraine. You've had it for 10 years. And then you hear the gospel. That Jesus bore your sins and your sicknesses. Or you've been struggling with a familiar sin for 10 years and you're saved, but you've just been struggling with it. And as you get the revelation through the scriptures that you're not meant to struggle with it, you're, you're to be free, okay? So man... You, you See, when you get this, what happens? It changes everything. So you pray in the name of Jesus. And you receive the scripture by his stripes you're healed. But what happens is this. See, the second Adam. There's a man sitting beside on the throne right beside the father. And he's, oh, this man is whole. This man is blessed. And you're in him. And when you pray... What's in him through the Holy Ghost now comes to you. Just like a new birth. You might be the most evil person on the earth. We're all evil outside of Jesus. Before we got saved. And man, there is no hope just like Saul. Man, he was a murderer. There's no hope. 
The devil says, man, I got him. There is no way. He's one of my chief men. But he came to faith in Jesus Christ. And when he came to faith in Jesus Christ, the second he came to faith in Jesus Christ, the evil within him was destroyed. And what was in the second Adam, glory to God, now by the Holy Ghost, came in him and resurrection life came. That's why he said, I gave up everything to know him and to experience the power of his resurrection and to give my life fully to him. Woo! It's one thing to know that Jesus rose. It's another thing to know that you rose with him. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Amen. So this verse I love so much. Now, Philippians 4.13, and this goes with Philippians 4.13, which is an amazing verse. These two verses just, I maintain them on every day. It's amazing. So let's go to Philippians 1.19, and we're going to go to Philippians 4.13. So Paul's in a place where he's, there's no way out. He's going to die. There's no way out. Have you ever been there? Man, you feel so weak, you can't go on. You feel like there's, there's no remedy. And he says this in verse 19, Philippians 1.19, For I know, not that I hope, not that I think it might happen. Not that it's a possibility. I know that this shall turn to my salvation. Sozo, the same word where who, who shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It means wholeness, protection, deliverance, victory, life. I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer. Again, we're talking about corporate, amen, standing together. And listen to this. The supply of the spirit, the person of Jesus Christ. Woo, glory to God. If you get this, I'll tell you what. Man, the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. What's that mean? It means what's in Jesus is the second Adam sitting at the right hand of God by the Holy Ghost, the spirit. Causes the life of Jesus to become your life. His wholeness to become your wholeness. His strength to become your strength. His love for the Father to become your love. His passion to become your passion. Someone says, I just don't feel it. I just don't sense a desire for Jesus. Well, glory to God. Get it from the second Adam. Claim it as yours and stop saying you don't have it, that you do have it. Amen. Glory to God. Someone says, I never heard the message like this for for Easter. I was just going to come look at Easter bunnies and, you know, type of thing. No, Jesus did too much not to get passionate about it. Amen. Glory to God. And this is what goes with Philippians 4.13. And the the King James says, I can do all things through Christ mm, who strengthens me. I love the Amplified. It says, I can do all things through Christ. Oh, glory to God. Who causes me to be ready for anything and everything. Who infuses the life of Jesus into me. Mm -hmm. That's what it's all about being a Christian. 
less and less of us and more and more him. Amen. Glory to Jesus. See, this is what gets us stopping because now you're in a place that's just amazing. Let's see how much time we have. Go with me to Romans 6. We're going to look real quickly at Romans 6, 7, and 8. See, all the epistles share the gospel share of the life of Jesus, but then the epistles, they elaborate on it and what it entails. Glory to God. The book of Romans is so awesome. As any, again, they're all awesome. Keep saying that about every scripture we read. But amen. So Romans 6, man, it's just telling it like it is. It says in verse 6, mm, boy, there's so much here. Well, let's start with verse 4. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto death, like his cross was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, that's Holy Spirit. Even so, also, we should walk in the newness of life. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, having died with him, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man has been crucified. Our evil nature has been crucified. It dies. So many people, you know what? It's like, man, I, I got this sin problem. I, I got this sin problem. I got this sin problem. I, I always say, are you a Christian? They said, yeah. I said, well, you don't got a sin problem. You got a head problem. Because the Bible says that you died. Your evil nature died. I shared this before, but if you attend somebody's funeral, you don't hear the person in the coffin saying, boy, I'd like a drink. You know, I, I want to do something wrong. I'd like to, you know, take a hit of marijuana or whatever. No! He's dead! He can't sin. You know why he can't sin? Because he's dead. When we get the revelation, we died with him. Glory to God. Then we're going to rise with him. So he's saying you died with him. Verse 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, and henceforth we shall not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. But here's in verse 11. Whew, likewise, reckon yourself dead unto sin, but alive unto God. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Verse 14. For you're not under the law, but under grace. Amen. What's it mean to be under grace? It means that we don't live by our own strength. It means that we live by the life that Jesus lived. <sighs> that is now available to us because we're joint heirs with Jesus. Being in the second Adam. And we are believing God's word. The supply of his life now becomes your life. See, Romans 6 tells it like it is. And then Romans 7 gives an example of a person that does not live in Romans 6. He's still trying to do it by his own. That's what religion is. Man, you just try and try. You know what I'm saying? Man, I know missionaries in Mexico and there's people that walked, they literally crawled to church on their knees and then amidst glass and, and their, their knees are just so bloody when they come to church thinking that somehow that will get favor with God. Man, it's not about, man, if you could have, if you could have done it, then Jesus would not have to come, right? Galatians 2.21. 
Glory to God. All right. So Romans 7 is, is, is not good news. It's the person that's under the law that refuses the gift of grace. So he, he says, okay, the things that I want to do, even to please God, I can't. And the things I don't want to do, I end up doing. That's not real good news, is it? But then it says in Romans 8, Woo! therefore, because of grace, because of the resurrection of Jesus, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Woo! Glory to God. They look to the Spirit of God as their life. For the law of the Spirit of life, glory to God, in Christ Jesus, has set us free from the law of sin and death. Man, what you're trying to do that brings destruction. You can't free yourself from generational curses. You can't free yourself from the weaknesses of flesh. You can't free yourself from anything. Glory to Jesus. But here's the kicker. Romans 8.11. Glory to Jesus. Mm. Well, let's start with verse 9. But you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's done, he is. And if Christ be in you, the body's dead because of sin, but the, your spirit's alive because of righteousness. But, glory to God, but if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead <clears throat> dwells in you, he that raised Christ from the dead <clears throat> shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that indwells you. So you walk in resurrection life. Therefore, brethren, we're, we, we don't have to live after the flesh. Woo! For if you live after the flesh, you'll die. But as many as are led, led by the Spirit of God, quickened by the Spirit of God, laughed by the Spirit of God, lived through by the Spirit of God, these, these are true Christians. For God's not called you to a spirit of bondage again. But he's given you the spirit of a son by which you cry out, Abba, Father. Glory to God. Jesus, spirit himself bearing witness that you're a child of God. A joint heir with Jesus. Because you're in the second Adam. Glory to God. So what, what's this mean practically? It means everything. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's, not, it's I, not me who lives now. It's Christ who lives within me through the Spirit of God. And the life that I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. This whole thing is by faith. But the devil's made it so hard. Well, you have to do this, this, and this and jump through all these hoops to get faith. No, you don't. You're born you're born again with faith in your spirit as you read the word. Faith is, you're a believer. You're born a believer through the new birth. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. And see, th this is where it gets exciting. Glory to God. When you know that you have faith in him. Your faith's not in yourself. It's in him. Whether you're going through a very difficult time. It's faith that he will raise you up. Whether you're going through a great time, it's faith knowing that the works he did 
The Spirit of God is going to do the same works that Jesus did through you. It's faith that's amazing. It's amazing faith. Glory to God. I love it's faith of a child. Man, we get so prideful, I think, at times. It's faith of a child. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I've shared this story, I'll share it now. There is a, somebody, Kathy and I know real well. I had a prophesied over her something, and now her and her husband in full-time ministry and doing really well. But uh, their uh, son was on drugs really bad. And uh, they tried everything, moved from place to place, but he always struggled. And then they got word one night that uh, somebody called and said, you know, your son OD'd and we think he's dying or dead. And they hung up. They just said he's somewhere in Pittsburgh. What, that, what do you do with that? And the husband knew Pittsburgh really well. Man, he went and uh, every restaurant, every den, drug den that he could find and he couldn't find him. And it looked like all hope was gone. Mm. I tell you, it's not cliche as to think, you know, yeah, there was three days Jesus was in the grave, and it did look bad. But Sunday is coming, for real. It's not a cliche, it's real. It is real. Glory to God. So uh, they tried everything. And, and their little uh, boy, a younger boy, I think he was seven, he said, you know what, I love my brother. And I just asked Jesus to show me where he is. And he said, I think he's there. Dad says, I was already there. It was like a fast food chain bathroom. And he went back. His son's OD laying on the floor, but he narcaned him back. And his kids walking with Jesus today. Where did that faith come? You see, that little boy was raised with Jesus. He was, he was a Christian. And with the faith of Jesus, whoo, I said with the faith of Jesus, he said, Father, just like Jesus prayed, just let me, show me where he's at. Guess what? Jesus did. You know why? Because he had the faith that Jesus had. We say he's only seven. It's not about your age. It's not about your education. It's about the reality of resurrection. It's about the reality of the gospel. Glory to God. And I tell you, the biggest thing that the devil does, he tries you to think that it's not going to come to pass. And man, we have to know that it will. We have to know that it will. Glory to Jesus. You know, it's not easy at times in the natural. Man, you're, you're waiting for this to happen. You're waiting for this to happen. You're waiting for this to happen. Especially when it's taken longer than you thought. But what we do is this. I love that song. We keep our head above the water. We keep looking at the author and perfecter of our faith. But we go beyond even that. We look at the risen Christ and the reality that what's in the risen Christ, because we're in him, is in us. Remember anything today, remember this. The resurrection has put you in him. 
so he could reign through the Holy Ghost in you. Ephesians, first chapter, 15 different times, I'm in Christ, I'm in Christ, I'm in Christ, I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. But the key is not only that I'm in Christ, I'm in Christ, glory to God. So when I believe the word, what's in him comes in me. Whether I'm going through a trial to believe it's going to be okay. Whether it's somebody I love that's going through a trial, I'm going to stand with them. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. All right, let's share a few more testimonies and then close with a couple of things. But see, it's, man, the gospel's amazing. It's amazing. It really is amazing. Man, I was uh, asked to come and pray for a, a girl. She was 17. She's in Children's Hospital, and she had some type of bacterial infection. And she's dying. And I'm with the parents. It's just me, the parents, and there's uh, a, a male nurse there. He said, there's nothing we can do. He said, see this, it's like a thermometer. And I think it had to come up to like five. He said, she's like on 1.5. I mean, we're going to have to uh, dismantle this machine and she's going to die. And, and I said, God, and the parents really love God. And I said, Jesus, help us. And all I can tell you is this. Sure wasn't about me, because we're, I mean, you're in a place, I'll tell you what, what about the parents, even though they love their daughter in an amazing way? And, uh, and I just came out and I said, you know what, just stay here with us. I said, we're going to see that gauge go up right now. But see, it was the faith of Jesus, just like that little kid. Just like that little girl, the little boy that was seven for his brother. And faith came into the room. We just began to worship and I began to claim the word. And uh, as God is my witness, made that thing come up. And he said, you know what? He called in the doctor and they had all these things going off. And he said, you know what? I think she's going to live. She's well and fine today. See, but you see, it'd be so easy to say, why am I in this situation? So easy to say, man, God, where are you? So easy in the natural. But we're not in the natural. Because he's in us. And the life that in Jesus, through the Holy Ghost, is now in us. It's an amazing way to live. And we're all growing in this ability to live this way. I'm mean, asked to have tough days and bad days. Where we're, we're all growing and learning how to walk in this 100%. Glory to God. Mm. But a lot of times, you know, the first day, it looks like all was lost. There is no resurrection. And the second day, it looks like it's worse than the first day. Because if God was going to raise him, why didn't he do it on the first day? Why does he have to wait three days or three weeks? Well, God, the kingdom's here now. We just need to believe it. But that's the only way the devil can win. Is for us 
to look down rather than up. Not to speak or to speak wrong things. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. The most exciting thing about Jesus is Jesus. When you're walking through a hard time and it doesn't look like it's going to work to know that it's working. Why? Because you have the faith that Jesus had. You have the love that Jesus had. You have the same Holy Spirit that did the miracles through him because of his blood now working in you. Whether it's a simple thing, I'll never forget, years ago we were doing a, a walkathon for the uh, pregnancy center that Kathy and I Started actually in our house. And uh, we're having a walkathon in Grove City College. There's about, I don't know, probably about 50 of us there. And uh, I just said, Lord, I claim a nice day, but I tell you what, it was raining bad. You know what I'm saying? So uh, my one friend who is a, a minister, he says, You know what, this is a bad deal. I said, You know what? I believe the sun is shining. I'm saying this with the faith of God, I don't feel it. I, I really believed that God was not going to mess up our walkathon, right? He looked at me and it's like, really? You know what I'm saying? So everybody got their umbrellas, and I didn't. So we start out, and it was raining, but not bad. And we're out there, and as God is my witness, the sun come out. Oh, we had a great walk, raised a lot of money. He come to me, he's a Baptist minister. He said, what's up with you? I said, nothing, man. I said, why would God... Why would God not cause the sun come out when we're marching for his glory? Amen? Why? But you see, we have to keep going. We have to keep going when we don't feel like it, when it doesn't look like it's working. I tell you, because Sunday is coming for real. Sunday is coming for real. All right, let me share a few more things. I feel like I led to share this testimony. Uh, we were doing a revival meeting years ago where I used to teach at in Clearfield. And one of the uh, pastor's wives, uh, one of the churches, her uh, cousin, he was a street preacher <clears throat> years ago up in Buffalo, New York. And it was like a uh, really cold, cold. Uh, it was in February, but it was freezing. It was like 10 below zero. And he said, Lord, first of all, he said, I, got a, I have a toothache. He said, I'm really hurt. And he said, I'm not going to go out and preach today, which is understandable, right? That could be fine. But the Lord said, I want you to go preach today. This is the true story, believe me. I want you to go preach today. And his mind's like, why would I preach today? No one's going to be out. You know, it's 10 below zero, but the wind chills like probably 30 below. You know, the wind coming off the lake. So he went downtown, I mean, right downtown Buffalo. He's freezing, man. He preaches the gospel, just like there's a thousand people there. He feels foolish. He feels like nothing is going on, but he keeps preaching. And he said the anointing of God came on him, but nobody was there. He preached his heart out. The Spirit of God came. How easy would it have been him for not to go? How easy would it have been him to say, okay, I'm going to fill my obligation after five minutes and I'm done. But he preached for like an hour or so. And the devil said, you're just a fool. And uh, so he 
obviously went back home. And he went to the, the dentist the next day, which is downtown. And uh, he needed quite a, a bit of work on his teeth. And quite extensive. And he said, I don't have insurance. He said, I, I don't have money to pay. And the dentist says, everything's on me. It's for free. He said, well, why is that? He said, I was in my office. I was in my office yesterday afternoon. And I heard somebody preaching. He said, I was about ready to take my life. I was in such pain, depression. He said, I heard the message of Jesus. I gave my life to Jesus. Glory to God. Here's what I'm telling you. The only way the devil can win is when we stop walking. The only way the devil can win if we stop believing. Well, I don't feel like it's working. I don't feel like he's hearing. He's hearing you because he has to hear because you're speaking with the voice that Jesus had, with the faith that Jesus had. Glory to God. And you have his ear and he's ready to come. Woo. Last verse, Colossians 2.15. You know what I say last verse. God always does more than he right, you know, can think, right? Glory to Jesus. Go with me to Colossians 2.15. All right, we got to do this quick. Are you happy today? Does this excite you? Glory to God. Woo, Jesus. Glory to God. Mm, Jesus. Hallelujah. Colossians 2.15. Oh, glory to God. What was Jesus doing those three days? Well, here's part of it. Having destroyed principalities and powers, having destroyed the devil's power, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. All the demons of hell. Mm. Jesus went right into the pit of hell. Can I tell you something? The devil had his chance. And he blew it. He lost. He had no way to stop Jesus from coming. How'd like you, how would you like to have been the, the demon on guards and, and the Satan says to you, well, make sure he doesn't rise. You're like, do it yourself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you're so, no, there was no chance in the world he was not going to rise. Glory to God. But before he rose, he went into hell, disarmed the enemy for good. The devil's come to kill, rob, and destroy. But Jesus came, John 10, 10, to give life. But not any life. Abundant life. Resurrection life. His life. His life. That's what it's all about. Walking in his life. To the supply within him through Holy Spirit. Stand with me if you would. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm excited. Can you confess? I tell you, if you're listening to my voice right now, wherever, and you're saying, I'm not a Christian. Come on, why not? You're serving a loser. You may think you have life. It's a counterfeit life because it's not Jesus. The only thing the devil has is a counterfeit. Come to Jesus right now and say, forgive me, Jesus. 
I'm walking in the world. Forgive me for being stupid. Forgive me for not wanting you. I want you because of your blood, because of your love. Come into my life in Jesus' name. You said that. What's on? A, there's a number on the screen that will help you just call it. And for us here today, glory to God. Woo, it's time to live. It's time to live abundantly without fear. I'm not saying there's not going to be any challenges, but there's no challenge that we will not win because of Jesus. I want you to confess this with me. We're just going to confess glory to God. We're going to confess and make a confession. Let the redeemed Lord say so. Then, Brendan, I'm going to ask you to close us in prayer. You can come up now, okay? And before we make this confession, I, I did have a couple words of knowledge. I can find them. Glory to God. I saw the name Sherry real strong. I saw the last name Massey. And I saw the name Liam. That means something to somebody. Glory to God. Can you confess this with me? And say, Father, thank you. For giving Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For dying for me. For rising. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for living in me. To infuse the life of my Lord into me. So that's him who lives in me and not myself. Abundant life be loosed in me to the Father's glory in Jesus' name. Woo, we need to, every day, we need to celebrate resurrection. Every day. Woo, glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Can you close us in prayer? And you know what? After you close, I don't know how to close this up except to say, live. Live. Seriously, live. Abundantly. It will glorify what Jesus did. Not just on the cross. But where he's at now is the second Adam. Amen. You can hold it up so we can hear you. All right, guys. Wasn't that awesome service? My gosh, that was beautiful. I'm going to pray this over you guys, all right?